Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Matt Basta. How are you doing, Matt? Hey, is, is this the part where I badmouth Mark Choi? That or Bren, one or of Bren. the two. Well, I, yeah. Bren, hasn't, Bren hasn't made me salty lately, I don't think. Well, he oh, has, Oh, that's but- right. <laughs> I almost forgot what Mark did recently in his whole Pinecast debacle. Oh, God. It's, uh, but, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get like called up by the FTC one of these days, <laughs> and they're gonna be like, "So we're we're just wondering, uh, we're we're just wondering, you know, you're making all these these uh, verbose claims uh, on on the internet, and also we're wondering where all the money went uh, in Belize, and I'm I'm just gonna be without an answer, and." Oh. Yeah. That sounds like you could wind up in jail, just like what Mark always wanted. <laughs> we, we will finally answer the question of how I will escape from jail. There we go. <laughs> Jesus but Christ. This is a video game podcast, surprisingly. Um, let's kind of talk about that first, and then we will see what happens. But yeah. uh, ha- have you been playing anything new these days? Well, why don't you go first? Um Okay. Because I know I know you always have games, and I I want to double check the name uh, of of the one game that I had played. Yeah, no sweat. Um, well, the thing is, I'm going pretty hard with ukulele still. I um, mm. in fact, I'm going to pull up a screenshot because I I can give our listeners kind of an update on where I am. But the thing is, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Very collectathony. The characters and everything you encounter is great. I was talking, yeah, I think it was on air about like how there's a quiz and everything and. There's actually a couple different like miniature quizzes that you have to take and pass, and then you like get a pagey or go to the progress through the level. But there's this one area, and I think it's actually kind of cool because it's very like if you're familiar with Banjo Kazooie or any kind of style that that style game, like Ukulele is identical in that way. But they pulled it off so that in one certain area, I think it's like this blizzard level, you go into this uh, castle and it's like the icy metric castle or something. And it's obviously a play on words of isometric and the camera style is fixed and it's an isometric grid style. And it's kind of cool how they like included that. And I don't know, there's like a series of different puzzles in that whole castle, like lots of corridors that go down and like, I don't know, I had a blast. I basically got all of them. It's very just like, you have to think about it. I me- remember this one, there was a level or a puzzle where these spiked walls would like come flying at you and then fall into a pit of acid. And I was thinking like, and it was like timed and I was like, I'm never going to get to the page at the end of that. But it's, I don't know, for tip, you just basically have to double jump and hold down the fly key or fly button, I guess. Yeah, because I'm playing on PS4 and you can you can do it individually over each wall as they come. It just takes a long time, but I don't know. But, oh, the bring, the reason I bring up Isometric Castle, though, is there's this one area that it, actually the game glitched out on me to, to the point where I couldn't play it, which was very confusing. So this is what happened. Um, it was a timed thing where you have to utilize the different, like, power-ups around you. So, like, you can get, like, a fire power-up or a water power-up or this one that, like, you, I think... Well, the main character is a uh, chameleon, and he uses tongue to like pick up the power ups. So he'll like pull in this uh, what looks like cannonballs, these big black things, uh, black balls, and then he uses that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you giggled at that. Um, but yeah, he swallows a black ball, and it makes his his uh, whole skin turn black, and that means like he's heavy. So like if you're like if there's a like Metal Mario. Obstacle- 
Yeah, exactly. So if there's a windy obstacle, you can walk right through it. Um, so you have to utilize those things to get navigate through these rings as they appear. And I think you do it like a series of three times and then you unlock the pagey. I was so close to doing it on my first attempt and then didn't. And then after that, it load, loaded me for the second attempt. And for some reason, it rendered my character unmovable. Like everything worked as far as like I could pull up a menu and navigate like up and down on the menu. But when I was trying to like when I got back to just gameplay, it would try to move my character. I, at first, I was like, oh, my controller just died. I'll plug it in. No, it was just like he was frozen and there was nothing I could do about it. And I was like, fuck. And that's the thing with this game. Like you could either return to the hub or like return to the main menu and just, and I basically just returned to the main menu, but I don't know. It was kind of a pain in the ass to then have to hike my ass all the way to the isometric castle to do that again. And luckily I pulled it off, but I don't know. That's the the only real complaint I have with the game is like, yeah, I don't really know of any kind of map that I could like be like this. I know where I'm going. And there's also no, like, fast travel, which, I don't know, it's just kind of a pain in the ass if you're just trying to, if you know where you have to go and you're, like, on the opposite side of the game. You know, something that I think is very interesting, and this is this is a bit meta, um, it, it's weird to me that so many games have, like, an ice castle level, right? Yeah. Like, first off, where did this trope come from, right? Like, yeah. there's no such thing as an ice castle in real life. Like, that's not a thing. No, the, you want to know what they're doing. They're playing off of a game mechanic because they think it's really cool that your character can like slip on ice and just like it's a slippery level. Like it's going to be harder. Like so they they're like, well, then how do we? Yeah, but I mean, it's, since the since the dawn of like sixteen bit graphics, it just about every game that has some sort of like platformer aspect to it has had an ice castle level, right? Like it's never like an ice tundra. It's never like, like, like you're, you're out on like an iceberg or something. Well, maybe, but it, you know, Zelda has them. Mario has them. Ukulele has it. Like every single game, there's like a, like a weird ice castle and it's a little bit spooky. And, you know, it it oftentimes involves puzzles, which are, you know, pushing blocks of ice around. Um, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I just thought no, it was interesting. I, just think, <laughs> I, do, I find it interesting, too. I think they're just pointing out that the harsh conditions of the far north or south are not to be fucked with. <laughs> I mean, hell, even to some extent, Pokemon had its own sort of ice castle, the original red and blue. Remember, like, there was that ice cave? It wasn't so much a castle, but, like, let's be honest. It used, like, a re-sprited version of, like, the Sylph Tower. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm trying to remember. It. I, I wonder. I'm trying to think of the game Rocket Knight Adventures. Or that was one of my favorite Sega Dreamcast games. I think it like starts off in like a castle. It could be an ice castle. I don't know. Perhaps. But yeah, ukulele is pretty cool. That that's what I mean. The only complaint is I wish I had a map and it was like I could be like this is def- definitively where I'm going. But it's also it doesn't feel so like open world or anything like that it's daunting enough to be like oh i can't figure this shit out you can okay i think i'm definitely planning on platinuming that if i I, there's a lot of hidden trophies so i haven't really like weighed if it's possible or not but i think i don't know i have the determination if you had to give it a press continue podcast style rating what would you give it um adam's mustache out of mustaches Okay, G- great. I hope they hear this. I hope they I do too. <laughs> cool. So, um, games that I've been playing. 
Well, first, I want to I want to bring to yes. a conclusion my uh, Sudoku fanaticism, because for the last three episodes, I've been just talking <laughs> talking all that Sudoku game, and quite honestly, I've I've exhausted myself with Sudoku. It sort of gets to a point where the strategies are so hard to um, memorize the rules for and and identify. Like certain ones, you can internalize, like. Um, the X-Wing or the Swordfish. And like, once you know that, you you can get through like, I'd say probably like 70% of the puzzles. Um, But then they just start getting real, real fucking just difficult as shit. (laughs) So it's like, oh, it's it's the the sashimi squid technique. And you're like, I don't even know what that is. And you're trying to Google for it. And I, I just, I just can't, I can't do that. Um, the the other thing that's frustrating about Sudoku, and this is this is going a bit deep, they have these things called color chains. Okay. So a color chain is basically when you have pairs of numbers, right? And you don't necessarily know which one of the pair to choose, right? So like let's say you have a bunch of squares around the board that are all two four. Okay. Right? And maybe some a lot of them are in like the same column and row as each other. And so it sort of makes like a little shape if you were to like connect the dots, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is if you were to hypothetically fill in one of the numbers um, with one or the other and then follow it around the chain, either it works out or it doesn't work out. And if it doesn't work out, obviously you can eliminate the number that you originally filled in and then fill it in with the other one and you're good. Okay. Um, the problem with it is that there's no apps that let you actually do it with a color, right? Like there's, I, I've yet to find an app where you can do like, all right, this one's going to be green to represent a six and this one's going to be blue to represent a four. And this one's going to be green to represent another six. And this one's going to be blue to represent the three and you know, whatever else. Okay. So that makes it really frustrating. So what you sort of have to do, a lot of apps will give you uh, like a bookmark. So you could sort of bookmark your spot. And then if you realize that you've fucked up or like you hit a dead end, you can jump back to the last bookmark. So it's kind of nice. Um, but it's frustrating because you don't really know what's going to be a chain and what's not. And like, I don't have enough short-term memory to be able to say like, okay, these last seven pairs are going to be two, nine, two, four, two, nine, two, three, two, you know? Yeah. So that gets a little bit exhausting and, and you go down a lot of rabbit holes on that one and it doesn't always pay off. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. Um, sometimes it's neither. Maybe you screwed up earlier on and you just don't know. Um, so that was, that was tiring. Anyway, um, the, the conclusion is if you, if you want to play some Sudoku, um, on, Android, the app that I liked best is called Andoku 3, um, A-N-D-O-K-U 3 uh, on iOS. It's called Sudoku with Sudoku with a smiley face <laughs> in the name. <laughs> um, Sudoku f- space colon closing parenthesis. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, and it's by a company called Tickbits Limited, um, and it's sufficient. Um, yeah. th- there's both of them are free. Um, I I much prefer the Android version, the Andoku. Um, it has a lot of really useful things. So the the Android version, um, it will do 
this thing called compute candidates. So it fills in all of the blank squares with um, tiny numbers of what they possibly could be, right? So it's, it like eliminates all of the horizontal and vertical uh, candidates. Um, if you get stuck, it has um, a feature where it'll show you a hint. So it'll actually like help solve the Sudoku for you. Um, if you screwed up, there's a button to like check and it'll say like, you're all good or like you fucked up three squares or whatever. Um, nice. Definitely recommend it. It's free again. Uh, it's got ads, but they're not obnoxious or anything. Um, definitely, definitely worth picking up if you're into like casual puzzle games. Um, the next game that I, that I tried is probably like number one on my list for worst game I've played possibly ever. Oh no. Bad rats too. No, no. Um, this is a mobile game. The worst mobile game. Okay. Uh, I'll say. So <laughs> besides goddess, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, cross that off on your bingo cards, uh, folks. You read my mind. Um, we're terrible. We are, we're just the fucking worst. So this game, I really, I really, really, really tried to give it a fair shake. I gave it a, gave it the old college try. I spent probably an hour trying to, trying to like get it. It's called Jelly Jump. Ooh. And the idea is you're on a platform and you, you, you've got to jump and then a platform comes up underneath you while you're jumping and you land on that one. And then you jump again and another platform comes up and like closes underneath you. Um, you're in sort of like this, this like ravine, like there's a wall on either side and you can't move left or right as far as I can tell. Right. Um, so you're like between these two walls, it feels like you're in like the Star Wars trash compactor. Right. <laughs> and literally all you're doing is you're jumping up and then a platform comes in and either like flips up or like closes from the sides or whatever. Like the, they've got like two or three different animations of like platforms closing and then you land on it and then you jump and you do it again. All the while, there's this black goop coming up from the floor. Um, and if you touch the goop, you die. Oh, shit. Yeah. The thing is, the platforms close on their own. So you really have to time it. And they move very quickly. And so I think my high score on this goddamn game is maybe like 12 <laughs> after playing it for like an hour. And like you get one point every time you like manage to get past a platform. So you're just like jump, 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 jump. Jump, and that's like all the game is. You just tap it on the screen, and f seriously, I, I, I can't, I can't understand why people play this fucking game. Oh my god, it's funny because I may have brought this game up in the past. It's another mobile game that sounds almost identical in like game style and play, but like different of what you're actually doing. It's a game called Spin Tree, and it's basically the same thing. You just like have to time your taps. You just uh, continually tap, and it's as like. This circle spins, you want to like basically just uh wait for the right time. And I don't know. I might, like you said, your high score is 12 in that game. My high score is like barely 50 or something, maybe more in this game. And it's, it's tough. It gets really, but the whole while you're building a tree and like you can take pictures of it and share it on social media if you want. But like, I don't think anyone's sharing pictures of their goddamn spin tree unless it's like a really high scoring one. Yeah. I mean, this, this is just one of those games where it's, it's almost a rhythm game, but it's random, right? At least with a game like Temple Run, 
Like you got to move left, you got to move right, you got to like jump, you got to duck, you know, whatever. This game is literally just you jump, the platform closes. You jump, the platform closes. You jump, the platform closes. That's it. I'm sitting here looking at the uh, Google Play Store reviews. I played this on iOS. Um, Lenka Kajimain says, best jumping game, fun and challenging with simple concept and design. <laughs> it's neither fun nor challenging. It's just dumb. Abdallah Alwaye says, best jumping game ever. Thumbs up. Okay, hands emoji. Clap hands emoji. Congrats, blushing face. The graphics are great. The jellies look cool. The colors are awesome. And the price of each jelly, 200 is way cheap. Good game. <laughs> 200. Thumbs up emoji. Way cheap. Way cheap. <laughs> I don't. I, I honestly, I don't know what game this guy was playing, but it was not the game that I was playing. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. D- definitely not. So, um, save yourselves the, the hour or so. Um, don't get this game. Uh, I, I unrecommend it. Yeah. Um, which, which amounts to a negative recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Unrecommended. Uh, speaking of yeah. disappointments in the mobile mobile gaming scene, uh, I remember for the longest time I was hyping up and talking about how much I was playing that aquarium game, and it was called Abyssrium. And I'm thinking to myself, that's a badass name. Take two words and fucking push them together, and you got something cool. Abyssrium. And then now all of a sudden I go back to play this game, and it's called Tap Tap Fish. And I think that's the worst name in the world. Is... Abyssrium made by the same people as that tree game that you're just talking about? It very well could be. I don't think because I, so inherently, but it could be. Hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. We're going to check. Be right back. Because <laughs> I just I just Googled Spin Tree, and on the, the Google Play Store, it's called Spin Tree Tap Tap Tree. No fucking way. Yeah. This is some conspiracy shit. Bren, we're playing it without you. I don't know about this. I don't know. How are your uh, your skeleton fish and, and shit doing? Well, <laughs> I, didn't they still... I didn't even play the game since they changed the name because I'm like, that's lame. And I did oh. see some like, oh, there was Valentine's Day fish if you want. And I kind of passed up on that. Or no, Easter even. I forget. Easter fish. To f- well, fish do lay eggs. Yeah. In fairness, they got that going for them, but they're not the kind of delicious Easter eggs that you're used to. Um, they're the, they're, well, Delicious sushi eggs, though. They, I, mm, yeah, I can see that. Caviar. Um, I don't know. I I think I might be mistaking that with Rocket League because I did get like some Easter eggs as like a hat <laughs> and like a <laughs> tap tap car soccer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's an aqua dome. <laughs> oh lord. Um, but I did play one other game, which I found to just be an absolute delight, and uh, we might have talked about it on the show before. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we didn't. But I, I highly recommend this. I'm continuing to play it when I'm in the mood and have time. Um, it's very, very simple. It's called Lonely One. Um, I don't think we talked about this. It is available for both Android and iOS, uh, and it is a golf game. Um, the one in Lonely One sort of stands for like hole in one. It is phenomenal. So basically what you do is you're this little man in his underwear uh, with a delightful little beard. And you're presented with some just wild and wacky terrain, and there is a uh, like golf hole. And 
you use your finger to tap and drag sort of Angry Birds style. And you get like a little little arc of dots. And the idea is you just want to get the ball into the hole. Um, you've got three lives. If you miss the hole, you lose a life. And the idea is to just get the highest score that you can, like get as many balls into holes as you can. If you manage to get the ball into the hole without touching the terrain, which is to say you don't bounce the ball off of anything, you don't like land the ball and have it roll. Um, If it just goes straight into the hole, you get one life back. Okay. So that's pretty cool. So it, it is possible to sort of like regain your momentum, I guess, yeah. so to speak. Also, if you get a hole in one like that, um, some some adorable little garden gnomes pop out and celebrate for you. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it's it's a delight. It, it's an it's an utter delight. the The terrain is hilarious. It's always in like some wild and wacky shapes. Um, I I'm pretty sure there's different characters, although I've not unlocked any because I'm just fucking terrible. Um, and I'm pretty sure the the different characters unlock different types of like weather and stuff. Um, the default character, there's wind. Um, and so you have to sort of account for a breeze. Uh, it, it's, it's very relaxing. It's not timed. It, there's no anxiety. Um, nice. it, it's, it's this perfect sort of like aim and, and shoot game that I've always wanted. Um, I, I give it, um, Two, two golf balls out of three. Okay, not bad. Yeah, you know what this reminded me of? And I haven't played it in so long, and I'm so glad that you sparked my memory on this. Fucking Battle Golf. Battle Golf, yes! Oh my god, that game is so good. I could play that at Did any... I recommend that to you? Yes, you recommended Battle Golf and Wrestling way back in the day. Those oh, games yeah. are real fun. A listener, Fuck if yeah, you, Wrestling. If you haven't checked either of those out yet, by now, uh, by all means, go download Wrestling and uh, Battle Golf. Yeah, that's W-R-A-S-S-L-I-N-G. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Classic, like, it, it's really, like, I don't even know, like, 8-bit style graphics where you just, well, one, you're wrestling, and the other, you're just golfing two-player golf, or it could be against AI. I, I highly recommend playing it with friend. It is very much a, a two-player game. Definitely. And it's fucking hilarious. Yep. <laughs> Especially if, if you've got substances in your body. I, I very <laughs> much recommend it. For sure. Um. Well, I guess that kind of concludes our gaming talk, unless you had anything else. Maybe we could go into some kind of newsy bits before we play a game or something. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about some some newsy things. Um, so one thing, this is a this is a story that came out literally earlier today from TechCrunch. Um, I guess it's not such a great story for an audio medium. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Because you sort of have to see it to understand, but um, you can link the the article in the episode description. Definitely. Basically, a bunch of PhD candidates spent some time um, integrating neural networks into the animations for uh, 3D characters. So everybody's familiar with this. If you've played a modern video game, um, you have some sort of character and their animations just don't look natural, right? Like there's some sort of like little hill or a jump or a cliff and they like jump off of it. And it's like the weirdest fucking jump you've ever seen in your life. 
or like your character goes to jump and they like stop walking very abruptly and then like crouch down and then jump very quickly and then land. And you're like, no human being moves like that. Right. So, um, what these scientists did was basically they, they wired up these characters to this neural network and, um, rather than providing animations for every possible combination of like jogging to jumping to, um, maybe like walking slowly or whatever, or, or like maybe there's a tiny jump or, or maybe there's like a slightly larger jump or whatever. Um, the machine figures out how to smoothly transition from one style of motion to another. So the, the, the little animated gift that they have here has just a tiny little jump. That's like too small to jump over, but too large to just like walk, you know, like in, in, I would say like world of Warcraft, if you encountered something like this, you'd probably be able to walk over it. Yeah. Um, but uh, your character would just like elevate itself and then go back down, right? There would be no animation for it. And in the, in the GIF, the animation is very, very convincing. So this is exciting because it means that finally we're getting to a point where, you know, even though graphics have sort of reached an apex uh, in a way, right? Like photorealism isn't going to go a whole heck of a lot further without substantially increasing the number of transistors on chips, right? But what it does mean is that they can close a huge part of that uncanny valley. So, you know, it's one thing to have a character that's able to very seamlessly run or jump um, or transition between different speeds of walking, running, jogging, whatever. It's another to be able to animate their eyes, their mouth, their tongue, their cheekbones and muscles. and um, like even the little sorts of uh, muscles around the eyes, right? Like there's so many tiny muscles around your eyes and nose and, and mouth and your nostrils will, will flare. And, you know, you can see your tongue moving as you talk. Being able to wire that up to neural networks and have the, the, the game actually figure it out rather than having it be animated by hand or, or, or with motion capture. Um, so this is a huge step forward um, in, in, in the realm of, video game graphics uh, because it it really eliminates all of those sorts of like weird little edge cases that uh, sort of break your immersion. Um, So this is very interesting. It's also interesting to note that the technology that makes neural networks work is actually incredibly compatible with the type of hardware that video game consoles ship with, right? Video game consoles ship with very powerful graphics cards, very powerful multi-core CPUs. Yeah. And neural networks are inherently parallelizable, right? Like you need lots and lots and lots of cores to make them to make them work. Now, this is a very small neural network, to my understanding, anyway. Uh, and so you can do it very performantly, but it meshes extremely well with the hardware that uh, video games normally run on. So, um, looking forward to seeing more and more uh, work along these lines and, and, and video game developers taking this sort of, uh, I, I hate to say it's the next level, but, um, it's exciting yeah. and, yeah, and totally. it, it looks really cool. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, like you said, we're kind of like one step closer to reaching, uh, realism. So. Yeah. And, and not necessarily even photorealism, but I mean, just imagine being able to take something that's a little bit cartoonish and apply very realistic movement to it, right? Yes. Like you don't need to pay 
all this money to get this very high-end motion capture with high-end equipment and pay actors and everything. Like you can have indie games um, with very simple graphics where the 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 characters and and objects move very realistically without the developer spending oodles and oodles of money and time. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's one game uh, topic that I have that I, I'd love to get your feedback on. Uh, apparently yeah. there's a computer virus that forces you to have to like beat a video game to like get your data back. I mean, and that's the thing. At my work, I ran into some ransomware, and I even think I might have mentioned it on the podcast around the time it happened. But like, yeah, they basically were like, everything you have is now fucking encrypted and unless you pay us x you're not getting a key to unlock it all and get your shit back and that's not provided they're going to give you anything after they get your money it's pretty much just a giant scam and you're pretty fucked most most of the time um but long story short this is called ransomware and it's like basically you have there's a game called undefined fantastic object and it's some kind of bullet hell game i think it's from japan and you have to get 200 million points in order to get your shit back and I'm hoping to God I never have that virus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to some extent, it's like obviously you're not gonna you're not gonna beat it. And if you if you read about it um, in the, in the article, it was created as a joke. Um, yes, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy published the code for it. I right? know. What are you thinking? Saying like, well, guys, <laughs> check it out. Look what I made. But then he ended up infecting himself. Which yep. is just dumb. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. Um, and then obviously, like the people on GitHub that downloaded it, like checking it out, and like, f- first off, why would you download and install something that tells you that it is ransomware? Quite literally, it just misspelled a little. Oh god, that it's, is unbelievable. I mean, pe- people got what they <laughs> they they got what they deserved with that one. Yeah. Um, it, it it is quite funny though. I, I enjoy that idea very much. Yeah, and in the article, I'll link to it also in our episode description. But um, it's funny because they kind of speculate what other games would be, make like good ransomware, and they said uh, the Binding of Isaac could definitely be one. And I could definitely see Bren maybe getting his computer shit back <laughs> by having to beat it. Yeah, I mean, it's not like anybody needs more of an excuse to. Uh, to play video games. Oh, especially <laughs> it's such like, like, sorry, I can't come into work today. I have to uh, beat this video game so I can get all my files back. Such a masochistic game, though, like that, too. Um, but yeah, and then, oh, the last thing I wanted to bring up, uh, the game-wise that I kind of forgot to bring up earlier, was that I saw a trailer for what looks to be like the spiritual successor to the Souls franchise. It's a game called Code Vein, and it People are like uh, just generalizing and saying it looks like an anime vampire souls game. And I'm like, okay, that you, I'm sold. I mean, that sounds pretty good. I've played every single souls game and bloodborne, even though it's not a souls game, but uh, I don't know. I'm interested. Uh, listeners go check out that trailer. It looks pretty wild. Yeah. Just, this isn't video game related, but um, something that actually happened today that I think a lot of news companies are, are still catching up with. We're on like the bleeding edge right now. Breaking news coming in from almost better than silence. Uh, this is uh, 
your host, Matt Basta. I'm, I'm here to tell you not to click on links in your email that say opening Google Docs. <laughs> um, so uh, today there was a pretty massive email worm going around. Um, I don't know if it's been stopped by, by Google or what, um, but basically what it does is it, it sends you an email and it says, so-and-so shared a, a file with you on Google Docs. And when you press the button to open it, it takes you to Google. But the thing is, what it, what it does sort of behind the scenes is when you log in with Google, it's an actual Google sign-in page. But the sign-in page is set to, instead of open a file in Google Docs, it's set to change the permissions on your Google account. And what that ends up doing is it gives um, your email address and permission to send email on your behalf away to the worm. And then the worm goes and sends more copies of itself to the people that you know. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I don't know what it does beyond that. I know... Um, it, it definitely made its rounds uh, at work today, which <laughs> was, it was sort of funny because um, our security team will sometimes send out like a fake phishing email. And then like, if you click on it, you have to go through like security training again. And so wow. I'm like, I got, I got this, you know, like, I, you know, I, I'm not going to fall for this one. And then I saw it appear again and again and again and then all of a sudden like there's replies to it like don't click the link <laughs> oh man <laughs> you know and i was like oh man this is this is some bad news bears right here can't fool basta um, yeah can't can't fool one of me you have to wake up far earlier in the morning <laughs> if you want to if you want to pull one over on old dirty basta here yeah i hope you had no coffee um yeah exactly um so yeah, that's that's all I got. It's that's all the news there is. Yeah, same here. Um, is there any kind of game you want to play, or do you want to wrap things up? What are you thinking? We we can we can do like a like a one on one stumpers. We got I got some stumpers here that you might enjoy. I'm down for a one on one stumpers. It's better than ten questions anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 do some stumpers. Uh, this one is themed as well. Oh, I, I hope boy. you're ready for this because I, I'm I'm all about these themed stumpers. Oh no shit! You've done witches. You've done birthdays. I don't know. You've done some. We've weird, done some oh, fast oh, food. Fast food. That's right. So yeah, I have here we go. No idea what to expect. Here it comes. Here, uh, which one do I want to do first? Actually, uh, okay. Here we go. Let's let's open this one. So this one comes to us from the topic chewing gum. It says. I'm in a room of supposed adults who can't seem to chew gum with their mouths closed. This is irritating me. What should I do? Oh, no. Supposed adults. Well, that... Supposed adults. <laughs> this is irritating me. What should I do? Um, yeah, if anything, you might want to just insult them and be like, you children, chew with your mouths closed. <laughs> You senior citizens in your <laughs> slack jaws. <Yeah. laughs> Where are we? The farm? What is this? 
<laughs> I thought we were in civilization. Oh, man. <laughs> no, maybe what you should do is practice, like, flex your karate skills. You know how, like, sometimes there's, like, a karate master who holds out, like, or there's, like, a fly on his hand, and you're like, you gotta catch it or something. Or, like, not even a fly, like, some kind of little object. They're like, take it out of my hand. You gotta mm-hmm. take the gum out of each of their mouths and then just oh, be like, fuck. you guys aren't doing this shit anymore. I'm just done. Like the, just like the index finger and the thumb. Yep. Or, or maybe, maybe like, maybe the thumb and the pinky finger. And so you go in and you sort of like, uh, three stooges them in the eyes <laughs> while you reach in with the pincer. Oh. And you grab the gum out, just all in one like very fluid motion. Maybe you do it from behind. And you just like, right from right from back and they don't even know what happened yeah no i think that's a pretty solid thing and then maybe you take all the gum and put in your own mouth and start chewing it and just to gross them out (laughs) and to give them a taste of their own medicine oh shit well you're getting the taste of their medicine oh yuck Ooh. so i want to throw in a little anecdote here i have a coworker, um who who remain nameless because i don't want to embarrass ardo but Uh, is he a a supposed adult (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's a supposed adult and he gets soup maybe twice a week in the cafeteria and he brings the soup back to his desk and he slurps it for up to a half an hour. Oh no, that's And I, I was the first person to notice it. And we so the people on my team um we have our own like private chat room and first I was like raging to them. I was like who the fuck is slurping soup? And they're like, I don't know. I, it sounds like it's coming from from you know the other row. <laughs> and then my, one of my one of my buddies in the chat room had his headphones off one day, and it's, he starts messaging. He's like, "Who the who the fuck is slurping? Where's the slurping coming from?" We narrowed it down to who it was, and I was like, "Listen, I told you, this guy's over there. He's slurping soup." And so now we just make all these passive aggressive comments about slurping soup. Yeah, you soup slurper. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be like. Uh, so, so, Hey, uh, what, what kind of, what kind of soup did you get? What, what flavor is that? Is that, chi- is that the chicken noodle? It sounds like chicken noodle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man. That's, that's an interesting one to have to deal with. I remember there was a guy who briefly worked where I was working and he would, and we're in a room at the time we've moved offices since, but where we were, uh, located, there was a data entry room. There's a bunch of people in it and myself included and him. And we're all like just separated by cubicles, and this guy would just straight up whistle. And I'm like, you can't whistle, <laughs> yeah, like tunes, and like I mean, like like a teapot, or, yeah, or like just like like the Andy Griffith kind of shit. Like I don't know, like it, just, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just like I don't know. I found it interesting, but Jesus he, he didn't Christ. work there very long, so it wasn't a problem. But well, I sh- certainly hope not. Yeah. All right, here comes here comes the next one. This this one this one comes to us. From again, from the topic chewing gum. Oh god, that's the fucking theme. Is it dangerous to chew the same gum for over twelve hours? Oh my god, this person. First of all, this person has clearly never had a chewing gum boner. No. Oh god damn it. There are so. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta be hospitalized for that. There's There's so many dangers to chewing the same piece of gum for over twelve hours. That's the thing, though. I feel like when you're even considering pop in some gum it is just temporary it's like oh this is it's not even a snack what the fuck is gum why do people chew it why why are you chewing gum for up to i mean is there any gum that still has its flavor after no about five minutes minutes? like that's what i mean it's just like a spit 
creator. Like it just like helps you salivate and salivate a, a flavor. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so here's here's my hot take on the issue. Oh, so, oh Bass's hot take. If it is sweetened gum, right, the sugars in the gum will dissolve in your mouth, and then you're left with a tasteless, bitter blob of just Blah. awful shit, yeah, wh- right? What like, is it? You, you have a piece of juicy fruit for more than about 30 seconds, and you're just in for a world of disappointment, right? The only kind of gum that is worthwhile for, mo- for e- even a remotely extended period of time is unsweetened or artificially sweetened gum, namely xylitol, right? So xylitol- <laughs> What the fuck is that? That sounds like an antidepressant. It, well, it, it <laughs> might as well be. So it, it's, xylitol is a, is a sugar that cannot be digested by bacteria. And so it's the, it's the stuff in Trident. Okay. But the, you'll find like the generic brand xylitol in like your local pharmacy. Uh, that is the only one that I have found. It will lose its flavor, right? So like you get that piece tasting like cinnamon. It's going to taste like cinnamon for about four minutes. But then after that, it's just got like a mild gum taste. And so I can get behind that. I can get behind putting a pack of Trident in your mouth and just chewing that shit for about a day. But let's be honest. If you're chewing a piece of, like a single piece of gum for more than, let's say an hour, you got, you got another thing coming, right? <laughs> yeah. But like, what, what are you doing that for? Like, it, your ears that clogged up? You need to, need, to, need to pop your ears? Yeah, I could you, see if you're traveling uh, via plane, that could be a thing. But, like, you're not... Well, maybe you would fly for 12 hours. And is it dangerous? Yeah, I think your jaw might fall off. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well... <laughs> I, just, I just have no words. Good. <laughs> your jo- your jaw will fall off. Okay. Well, in in the vein of chewing gum for a long time and what to do with it, this this question comes to us again from the topic chewing gum. God damn it! Why does Sean Spicer chew and swallow so much gum? <laughs> oh man, I don't know, but I do know you shouldn't be swallowing it. That's for sure. It doesn't isn't the whole proverb or whatever they say like <laughs> it lasts there for seven years, or is that like yeah. breaking a mirror? I forget. If if you break a mirror and eat it, it stays in your intestines <laughs> for seven years. Um, no, I always thought if you swallowed a piece of gum, uh, you'll grow a watermelon plant. Oh my god! Um, why? Wait, is that no? I, I, again, that mixed up. Uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, Sean Spicer. So Sean Spicer for those um, who are not from America. Uh, I know there are some of you. Yeah, the angry I look at pe- I look at our Pinecast. Oh, yeah, our South American listeners. <laughs> our South, our one South American listener, uh, listen, listening from uh, Venezuela. We are happy to have um, you. We're very happy to have you, and we're very sorry about Sean Spicer, who is the White House press secretary. Um, and so, if you're ever on TV and you see. Uh, the little old woman from Poltergeist delivering a press conference about uh, <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> oh man, I- <laughs> that's that's Sean Spicer, and uh, I, right before he comes uh, out and stands behind his tiny podium, uh, he swallows about a half pound of chewing gum. 
he just he gives it one or two chews, one or two good chews, and he just swallows the shit out of it. Oh my god. Is this like has this been recorded? Like is this an actual thing or is this like some speculation cuz I've never really watched the guy give a speech. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's an almost better than silence guaranteed fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice! Exclusive, exclusive. Um, but that's what I mean. It is about as much of a reality as the Pinecast South American yeah. servers. Well, that's the thing. I'm thinking he sh- should know better. First of all, you don't eat gum; you don't swallow it. So I'm wondering when he like washes his mouth out with Listerine, if he just drinks that shit and gets a little buzz. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every morning uh, after reviewing facts on World War II, <laughs> he uh, he he just uh, brushes his teeth, swallows the toothbrush whole, washes his mouth out with Listerine, and and swallows it. Uh, gets drunk off the Listerine, obviously. Um, because why else would you be drinking Listerine? Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's actually a risk if you choose. Going back to, to not to, I I realize this is a first and almost better than science history revisiting a past stumper. But if you chew a piece of gum for twelve hours, like after twelve hours, your teeth get gross. Like you haven't brushed your teeth in twelve hours, and you got a piece of gum that's been just chilling, marinating in your filthy gums. Like, isn't that like a like a hygiene issue? Like, isn't it, I can't imagine that that's healthy. No, definitely not. Anyway, Sean Spicer. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he swallow so much gum? Uh, maybe. Do you think Sean Spicer eats the gum like as sustenance? Yeah, maybe it's like something to give him superpowers. Maybe that's how he's able to deliver so many facts about the president. Yeah, and sweat so much. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Before we before we land ourselves on some sort of watch list, oh yeah, <laughs> I think we better move on. I think actually this this is a great segue um, into the into the next question. This this question also comes from the topic chewing gum. It says if <laughs> if I swallow bubble gum, will I poop a giant bubble? Oh my God! I was actually going to mention that earlier. I was thinking like. Or will it lodge in my colon, causing an uncontrollable blockage that will inevitably lead to my explosive Oh my demise? god, that is way too descriptive. Uh, that sounds and awful. Um, in true Stumper's fashion, there's one person following this question, and I am dying to know if it's Sean Spicer. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be at this point. Um, whoa, I, woof. Imagine he's given some kind of like speech to the public, and then he meets his <laughs> inevitable his, explosive his demise. Just start to balloon. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh Sean Spicer, this is a serious health concern. Yeah, that's um, more dangerous than chewing it for twelve hours. That's for sure. I think you should. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it. What if? <laughs> That's that is that is the resounding answer for all stumpers. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> so methane is the gas that comes out when you fart, right? Does that float at all? One kind of, of gases, like helium? Because yeah. is that no methane sinks. Methane goes down. Damn it. Okay, because I was hoping then you could kind of fart a bubblegum bubble and float away. It would butt. be like that SpongeBob episode where uh, he's trying to teach Patrick and or sorry, not Patrick, Squidward how to blow bubbles and Squidward blows the bubbles and it's just a real sad wiggly bubble that falls on the ground and makes a little wah, sort of noise. 
my whole life um, has been a lie though because people always are like heat rises when they talk about farts well maybe that maybe if you fart a hot enough fart it'll be like a hot air bubblegum bubble fart yeah um and it'll <laughs> it'll fly off into the distance um but i think if you've got uh exactly zero body heat because you're a, a cold-blooded creature like Sean Spicer. Um, that that methane-filled cold air uh, bubblegum bubble is just going to fall right on the ground. Yeah, that that's just disgusting. Well, Don't it also makes gum, it, why would it be an explosive demise, right? Like, if we look at the alternative here, it's an explosive de- Is it just going to block you up? Yeah, I think it's more or, or less... Or is it... Is it is the is the bubblegum bubble just getting bigger and bigger inside of you? I think what yeah they're suggesting is you just keep eating it to the point where you're physically getting larger and larger till you explode because nothing you're not pooping anymore. Huh. There's a Willy Wonka joke in here somewhere, but I can't find. Yeah, it. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Damn it, we suck. We need Bren. I know we need we need Bren and maybe AJ. I think AJ has a lot of like. Explaining the seventies, seventies and eighties. <laughs> he has a lot of fucking excitement. Yeah, where the fuck are you, AJ? Nobody's heard from you in like a year. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here comes the here comes the next question. Um. <laughs> this this one comes just in the topic chewing gum. Uh, and this this is a more much more practical question, I think, that maybe we can provide some serious insight on. How many flavors can you put in one piece of gum? Ooh. Because, um. I mean, I, I stand in line at the supermarket quite a lot. That's like a recurring theme for me, uh, going and buying food for myself because I'm a grown-ass man. And um, they've always got those like those like twisted flavors where it's like apples and peaches or cinnamon and vanilla yeah or like berry fusion and it's like blueberries strawberries and raspberries yeah i don't really know i mean how many how many flavors did willy wonka fit in his gum well that's what i mean it was like a it was a full meal right when is a three-course dinner when is too many flavors too much like you can't even process the difference they're just kind of like it's one brand new flavor because of all the different flavors yeah i mean well so here's the thing i'm on i'm on the uh I'm on the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory film week. God damn it. And under the article for three course dinner chewing gum, the 1971 version of, of the film, um, Violet Beauregard has a piece of gum that is tomato soup, roast beef and baked potato and blueberry pie. Jesus Christ. Right. So that's one, two, three, four different flavors. Very distinct. In the 2005, it's very distinct. Yeah, very distinct flavors. In 2005, Violet Beauregard has a piece of gum. It's got tomato soup. It's got roast beef and baked potato, crispy skin and butter, blueberry pie, and ice cream. So not only it's the same ingredients, but it's it's also got like sides. So the tomato soup, well, tomato soup is tomato soup, but then roast beef and baked potato, but... There's also the crispy skin and butter. I'm not sure crispy skin is really a flavor, <laughs> but there's definitely potato and butter taste, right? So, and then there's the blueberry pie and ice cream. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six flavors. So maybe? Yeah, that's <laughs> wait. That's, un- well, first of all, 
not feasible. And yeah, I think the crispy skin flavor might actually be like someone who had sunburn and they started peeling and they threw that in the ingredient can. Oh, I was I was thinking like maybe he snuck some chicharrones in there and, <laughs> and she was just overwhelmed in, in the moment. Um, but that's that's a much more horrifying prospect. I guess, you know, there really aren't many safety standards in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, right? Like, no, everyone gets fucked up. <laughs> well, everybody, yeah. Well, that's workplace safety, right? Like OSHA definitely yeah, right. wasn't in there. Where were they? But I mean, let's be honest. Like they have just like fucking chocolate rivers with like little vacuum tubes that come down from the ceiling. Like they they didn't drain the fucking chocolate river after what's his face got stuck in the tube, right? Like probably not. Uh, there's dust. I I can't imagine that that whole place is a giant clean room. Like the the Oompa Loompas do not look like they're wearing hairnets most of the time. No. <laughs> God damn it. Here comes here comes the last chewing gum related question. This one comes to us from the topic chewing gum. Will gum ever disappear? I chew a lot of gum at the time. I chew a lot of gum at the same time, and I want to know whether it will disappear or not. Like, can we make more gum forever? Because I like gum. <laughs> can we make more gum forever? Because I like gum. Can we make more gum forever? That's the thing about gum. What the fuck is it? Does it like it? Does it? Does it? Does it literally grow on trees? Well, no. The thing is, does it? Like when you're done with it, you either put it under a desk, you swallow it, or you throw it away, and then that goes off to the d- garbage, disp- like the I don't know, the land of garbage, and then that just stays there. I don't think it's gonna like decay over time. I think gum is eternal, so gum will never disappear. It's here f- to stay. Well, I mean, it, so when I was when I was a child, you learn a song. I don't know any of the lyrics except for. Kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. And I sort of interpreted that to mean that it is a tree that produces gum. And so for a long time as a child, I assumed that there are like migrant workers walking through orchards, just picking like little strips of uh, double mint gum. Yeah. Juicy fruit, juicy fruit, et cetera. (laughs) You know, maybe there's a, maybe there's a tree with like, uh, what was it called? Not fruit by the foot. You know what I mean? Like the the one bubble tape. Oh yes. Oh, I used to. Where it's love all rolled tape. up. Yeah, bubble tape was the fucking best. Oh damn it! I used to eat that shit. I'm an idiot. And I'm I'm thinking that like it, the, there's like the bubble tape fruit, and it's it's just like a little a little uh, little flat round thing that they pull off the tree and slap a sticker on it and throw it in your thing. Why that? Why there's a tree that makes fully made plastic <laughs> bubble gum cases filled with rolled up bubble gum? I don't know. I was just a four year old. Makes sense to me. Will it? Will gum never ever disappear? Will we run out of gum? I don't know. I, when you were singing that song, I was wondering if it was going to be like, "Can we make more gum forever?" Because I like gum. <laughs> <laughs> what a what an awfully specific song. Yeah, uh, but that's what I mean. I think I don't foresee I, I gum we'll going gum out of style. Well, that's I don't know. I don't ever chew it ever since high school. I'm gonna say, Alexa, make me some bubble gum. And and like alchemy, like uh, she will turn thin air into uh, Earl Grey flavored bubble gum. That's the uh, dream. Like like uh, on the the USS Enterprise. Um, okay, I think we're gonna read. <laughs> I think that's enough stumpers. Let's okay. read off one last one. Let me just quickly quickly pick one. 
This one comes to us from the topic Sesame Street to sort of break with with the theme. Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? God damn it. <laughs> that's that's been Stumpers folks. Thanks thanks for listening. Nice. All right, oh, guys, God. that was an interesting one. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that was the first episode. It was just you and me, Matt. That's funny. Um, it may, have, all these it may years. have been. It I might... think we've had Bren and, and Mark and AJ, but it's, uh, it's never been just the uh, two uh, of us. I'm so wrong, actually. In the very, very beginning, I think our first like five episodes is just you and me or something. So. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not yeah. true. Because we, we, we definitely had AJ for, for a bunch of them. And then... Um, the Bren came on very early on and then John Sanmez, we did a bunch of <laughs> interviews. Yeah. Um, God, it, 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 it may have been like over a hundred episodes since, since it's just been the two of us. Oh, easily. Um, but next time, let's see if we can get, um, let's see if we can get some more folks on and maybe we'll do like a new conversation game as well. Oh God. Another one. Here we go. Uh, oh, we also man. have to bring back that Alexa and Google play one. Cause that was interesting. Yeah, that was good. But let's do some plugs. Uh, where can our listeners find you? Anything else you you doing lately that you want to plug? Um, been working on Pinecast. Uh, d- d- had had a lot of fun phone calls about Pinecast lately. Working working on some fun things. Working on some cool new features. Um, some brand new analytics stuff. Check out uh, the announcement section if you already have a Pinecast account or a Twitter uh, page uh, at Get Pinecast. Um, and you can see some of the some of the cool cool stuff we've been doing. Um, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, you can sign up for Pinecast at Pinecast.com. Uh, no credit card required, free forever. And when you're ready to upgrade to the good stuff, you can use the coupon code Bubble Tape. That's B U B B L E hyphen Tape T A P E uh, for your first month free. Excellent. What do you think about that? I think- and you could find me at Matt Basta at M A T T B A S T A on Twitter. Um, you can ask me all about it. Yeah, quite the deal if you ask me. And yeah, I did notice some of the cool new analytics coming down the pipes with Pinecast, and it's fucking awesome to be able to drill down that far. Um, but yeah, and listener, if you like our show, please give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter. Our handles ABT Silence. Uh, we Twitch stream occasionally. It's typically Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, over at twitch.tv slash silence. And yeah, not doing much myself to nothing worth plugging, really. So I guess we'll just end it here. But thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week. Bye. I miss you.